Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Heavenly Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There are um, a few times in the life of every Christian when you have to make some really hard decisions. Example, how do you lovingly explain to a visitor that they are sitting in your seat? Or another one, how do you decide which liturgical color you should make the jello salad out of? That's a toughie. A bit trickier, though, is who do you say that Jesus is? I mean, we just celebrated his birthday, and now we're celebrating, we're looking forward to his death. Who, who do you say this is? Relatively easy to change your seat when a guest is sitting there. You just move yourself, and you sit next to them, if at all possible, and you welcome them, and you show them how loving this church can be. As far as liturgical jello, hmm, uh, cherry red for... Uh, hmm, Reformation. You could have grape purple for LWML Sunday, and you know, all that stuff works. But then there comes the Gospel of Mark, and you really have to look at what's going on here, and the question, and the answer. Mark 8, Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way, he asked his disciples, who do you say I am? And they told him, well, Herod thought that you might be John the Baptist, but John doesn't have a head anymore, and you do. So, eh. some say Elijah and that was a pretty good guess because the prophet Malachi had said, God will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day when the Lord comes. Not bad. Still others say, Lord, that you are one of the prophets. And that was probably a pretty good guess because Jesus is constantly quoting the prophets. That was one of his key teachings. But then he turned it on him. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And, and Peter answered him, you are the Christ. You are the promised one of God. And Jesus says, don't tell anybody. Now, Jesus said that to Peter. He did not say that to you. We are told by Jesus to tell everybody who he is. But to Peter, don't say anything yet. So Caesarea Philippi, Roman community, and it was pretty typical of a first century area. The people there had numerous gods that they worshipped, any number of gods. The, the, the best god, though, that you could worship was the god of Caesar. 
Caesar had presented himself as the Lord and Savior of the world. And it's pretty good idea to worship the guy that has the power of life and death over you. But that's not who we are called to worship. And, and what was true then, I would say, is also true today. People worship any number of things, any number of ideas. They worship, and none of them are the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's only one Lord, one God, the Lord who brings peace and salvation to each one of us. So asking in a more focused way, who do you say I am? And Peter responded, well, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one that has been promised by God throughout the history of all mankind. You are the one who has promised to come and to redeem lost mankind. You're the one that Isaiah says will be born of a virgin. And you will come to heal the sick and give sight to the blind and turn the captives free. And he did all those things. And he strictly charged them, do not say anything to anybody yet. Jesus is in charge of time. He created time. And that day was not his time yet to die. He had work to do. He had preaching to do. Who do you say I am? And he gives them this profound series of concepts, of, of truths. Listen to this. Jesus simply lays it on the line. If anybody would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. I want you to pay close attention and when you go home, read it again and again and again. Jesus has not asked us to pick up his cross. Only Jesus can carry his cross that is where he's going to be sacrificed to pay our sin death. Jesus says, carry your own cross. What does that mean? And he goes on to say, whoever wants to save his life will, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will actually save it. The cross for both Jesus and for us, is a sign of humility. For Jesus, it was complete humiliation. But for the sake of those he loved, he went to the cross. When we pick up our own cross, as Jesus says, we are allowing ourselves to serve others. We are becoming humble. What's accepted by the masses today 
you know, is not very humble. It's putting ourselves first, not last. Putting ourselves higher, not lower. The world, and I don't know if you heard the news recently, but it was actually said that Christians are dumb. Yeah, maybe. I think there's a lot of smart people here. Christians worship one God, one Lord, one Savior. If the masses of the culture today don't like that, they're allowed to not like it. Jesus tells us to live in the world, but don't be a part of it. We are called to be different. We are called to give people answers to who this Jesus really is. And I'm, you know, when I say that we are supposed to be in the world but not part of it, I'm not suggesting that any of us go into a monastery, that we become monastic, denying ourselves everything. We're called to enjoy everything that the Lord has given us, including his identity. The knowledge about Jesus' identity, though, is useless if it remains abstract. We are the recipients of the greatest news ever conceived of. We are forgiven through the love of God in Jesus Christ. Jesus is not an idea. Jesus is the truth. And we are now called to tell other people about that, that Jesus has come, he's died, he's actually risen from the dead, and he's eager to give all of us eternal life that's found through the bloody cross of Calvary. You want to know who Jesus really is? He says, follow me. Learn from me. Stand with me. When Jesus says, follow me, it's really pretty basic. Don't lead him. Don't tell him where he should be going. Follow him. Where does he want you to go? Where does he want you to be? Where would he like to see you? Follow him. We are called to participate in his kingdom. St. Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you will discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable. Faith without works is dead. We have the blessing to actually be able to open up and give salvation to other people by putting the gospel into their ears. Faith comes by hearing. We get to speak. We know who Jesus is. He is our savior. All we need to do is tell them that and then live a life that reflects that, that reflects the love of God. And I pray as we 
as we worship this Lent that we do see the love of Christ going towards the cross, asking us to simply go with him. Carry our own lives and let them be for him. And Father, we praise you that you have seen fit to send your son to die for us, that you have seen fit to call us even before creation to be your children, and that is what we are. Lord, I simply ask you to lead each one of us every day so that we may simply follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.